Welcome to the first episode of Woodlawn Triangle, stories from the Woodlawn Farmer's Market. This podcast is a collection of interviews with vendors and market goers of the Woodlawn Farmer's Market community. Hi, I'm your host, Meg. This podcast is named both after the neighborhood in Northeast Portland and the triangle that the market is held in. Among the many wonderful places in Woodlawn, its center is the Deacom Triangle. The Triangle used to be a train depot for the trains and streetcars that ran through the neighborhood. Now, this is where we have the farmer's market and many other shops. We call it the Woodlawn Triangle because of the way that Deacom and Durham cross to create a triangle intersection. Durham is a wide street surrounded by the shops and houses on either side, and it's perfect for holding community events when the street is closed off to cars. A little bit about me, your host. I live in Woodlawn. There are so many things that I love about my neighborhood, the many places to eat, the accessibility to fresh foods, and the active neighborhood community. Two years ago, a group of neighbors and I started the Woodlawn Farmer's Market, and it's been growing ever since. Now, I volunteer on Saturdays at the info booth, I take a lot of pictures of dogs, and I indulge my curiosity with people and vendors at the market by recording our conversations on my iPhone. I usually transcribe my interviews and share them on the Woodlawn Neighborhood Farmers Market Facebook and Instagram with the hashtag H-O-W-N-Houn, Humans of Woodlawn Neighborhood. I realized that I wasn't deleting these interviews on my phone. Then I thought, I have all these great moments, and I want to share these with everyone in podcast form. If you're like me, you respond well with putting a voice with words. I wanted to share these interviews and have them tell their own stories in their own words. So welcome to the very first episode of this podcast, and also my very first episode of a podcast ever. This is very new, so come on this adventure with me and learn as I learn. I recorded these interviews with my iPhone, and I really apologize for the quality, so bear with me. The setup is very DIY, but I'm going to upgrade soon, so hopefully you won't have to bear with me for too long. For the first episode, we'll have a quick update about what's in season from Megan Denton of Able Farms. She is also one of the vendors at the market. We'll also have an interview with Hannah Lannan of Cunlin Mountain Healing, who offers therapeutic massage at the market. But first, we'll talk to Avery Lewis. She's my friend and co-founder of the Woodlawn Farmers Market. And she's also co-founder of the Drishti Yoga, which operates out of the Movement Center across from Good Neighbor in Woodlawn. So, can you tell us a little bit about how it started? I don't really know... um where the idea came from, but one day I saw a post on Facebook for a grant that the Northeast Coalition of Neighborhoods was giving away. It was their small community grants program, and I remember just thinking how cool it would be to have a market in our neighborhood, something that I could walk to. Somewhat selfish beginning to this. So I applied with a friend of mine, with Meg, and we got the grant. And it was really um, exciting and shocking. And then we had to figure out what the hell we were doing. (laughs) 
So it was like this um, sort of entering into farmer's market school. We just started rallying the forces, going to the neighborhood association meetings, seeing who was interested, and people just sort of started coming out of the, the woodwork and, and being really interested in being a part of this, this community effort. So we started the market that year with, with almost nothing. I'm, well, with nothing. We just had this small grant. It was completely volunteer run. It was very exciting. You know, it, it took us a while to, to even find some veggie vendors that would <laughs> set up at our little market. Um, it took a while to develop a, you know, a following and, and people who believed in us. It's happening now, and it's really exciting. And so our second season, we applied for some more grants and got a bit more money, again, from the Northeast Coalition of Neighborhoods and from East Multnomah Soil and Water Conservation District. And we've been able to hire um, an intern through Self-Enhancement Inc., start some really cool new programs. We've got an Introducing Farmers booth this year, which allows uh, brand new farmers or farmers who have never sold at a farmer's market before to have a, a risk-free or low-risk opportunity to sell at our market. And we also have lots of workshops that we're able to pay for this year as well, and, and it's becoming this really nice community space. It's not just about buying food and checking things off your grocery list, but um, it's, it's a place for learning and a place for seeing your neighbors and your friends and supporting local artists and musicians as well. It's been a, a fun ride. You know, we're living in a city right now that's experiencing lots mm -hmm. of gentrification, lots of development, lots of change that people aren't always... Mm -hmm they aren't always really sure how to deal with that change. Mm -hmm. And this farmer's market is located in a neighborhood of Portland that's kind of just being hit by it. Within mm -hmm. the past six months, three mm -hmm. apartment buildings have started to go up. Lots of businesses recognize this is a good place to maybe have a restaurant. Mm -hmm. But we're also seeing that the neighborhood and its history mm -hmm. is being deeply affected by that. Mm -hmm. So... Where does this farmer's market fit in? That's been a big concern of ours. It's really important to us that the market remain accessible to everyone and that it remain a very uh, inclusive and diverse place and that it represent the, the population of this neighborhood. So the, you know, this, all these changes are they're kind of a double-edged sword. We get really awesome things like P's and Q's market and you know our, our coffee shops and yoga and, and it's, it's really cool to see those new businesses coming and flourishing but that comes at a cost and it's important to us that we you know preserve the history of the neighborhood and celebrate the history and make sure that the people who have lived in our neighborhood for a very long time feel included um, in the farmers market and in its its development and um, feel that they're represented and welcome. So we've done a lot of work in recruiting new vendors this year and um, vendors who actually happen to live in the neighborhood and mm -hmm. um, it's provided a space for our neighbors, an economic opportunity for people who live right here. And that's been helpful. We also started our snap matching program this year independently funded by us and by our sponsors 
and that's been really helpful as well, providing a $5 match for anyone who's got a SNAP card. Mm -hmm. So we're working on it. Yeah. But it's a challenge, and it's it's sensitive, and yeah, it's a, also a learning process. So what's Avery's story? What brought Avery to a farmer's market? You kind of mentioned mm -hmm. there's grants, you saw this opportunity, but yeah. before that. Well, I've worked in community development for a really long time. I used to run a nonprofit fair trade coffee shop when I lived in Columbus, and that place was very close to my heart and very special to me. And there was a lot of community around the coffee shop, a lot of do gooders. And there was a farmer's market that took place right outside of that coffee shop every Saturday. And the coffee shop was sort of this central hub of the market. Everybody that came to the farmer's market not only got all their produce, but they came through the coffee shop. And I just got the chance to see this really cool exchange of cultures and just building of community, building of resources, and, and see the, the capacity of that community grow. And so I've always sort of had this interest in, in markets being a place for that and, and being a place for, um, for education as well and being a place where we become connected not just to each other and our neighbors, um, but to the people who grow our food and to the food itself. And so moving to Portland, there, I was surrounded by sort of similar efforts. That, I think, is where the, the interest spurred in having a market and using a market as a tool for community building, as a tool for that connection. So where do you see the market in two years, five years? I think it's going to grow. I know it's going to grow. I think it'll be a slower process than what a lot of people might hope, and I think that's a good thing. I think growing the market too quickly um, could be dangerous for it and I think that if we're going to do it in a sustainable way it'll happen slowly so it, it's going to it's going to take a, a few years probably to be really strong and stand on its own feet um, it's a balancing act you know um, there's a demand from the customer side for many vendors lots of produce vendors but that's a balance you know it's it's all about bringing in vendors as the market can support it Mm -hmm. So it's it's really important if people want to see more vendors, customers want to see more vendors and a wider variety of products, that they show up and that they spend their dollars there because we can't bring in more vendors without the support of the neighborhood, without the support of the customers. So I see that as a, a slow process, but I, I see slow as good. And this year we've already grown in numbers in both customers and vendors, and we're going to keep adding vendors as the customer base can support it. So one last question. This mm -hmm. one will be for fun. Um, so what do you get every Saturday? Is there like what that one I thing? I get every Saturday? Yeah. Well, I always buy greens. Usually I buy my greens from Miss Claire at Udon Farm. I always buy some herbs, either from Red Truck or Udon. Usually try to buy something from Miss Megan Denton at Abel Farms because she has such wonderful products. Mm -hmm. I'm in love with her sauerkraut and her drinking vinegars. 
I'm in love with her coffee. I and buy her that coffee. Regularly. Her coffee is so good. What else do I buy? Every I buy lots of things every market day. I spend a lot of my money at the market. <laughs> <laughs> just happens. Um, usually some sort of sweet from Sweetie Bakery. I'm also pretty much in love with their sweet potato bread. It's like one of the best things ever. It's so comforting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Here's some music from the market. Usually the market has two local musical acts a day and each play for about an hour and a half. This is Sammy Eisen Myers, a friend of the market. This is my quick interview with Megan Denton from Abel Farms. She is a vendor at the Woodlawn Farmers Market. Her farm is located on Sabi Island, and she is going to tell us a little bit about what's in season right now. Hey, my name is Megan Denton. I'm owner and operator of Abel Farms. It's a small-scale farm located on Sabi Island. Um, I raise pastured livestock and I do a vegetable and fruit model based on permaculture systems. So around this time of year, um, late July, what's really popping is um, the summer squashes and all the heirloom cucumbers and the peppers are starting to come in. So the padrones are looking really beautiful, the cherry bombs. Um, a lot of the cucumbers, they're not necessarily big sellers, but they're definitely an eye catcher, um, especially the varieties that I grow, like Holland Whites and Armenians. Um, it's very curious to people, um, but as soon as they find out they're cucumbers, it's summertime, it's really suiting, so they just buy them right up, and yeah. Yeah, do you like to make anything with the cucumbers? Or just salads? <laughs> <laughs> My favorite thing to do with cucumbers, um, if they're quality cucumbers, um, just grab some fresh peaches and do a cucumber and peach salad with a little bit of yogurt vinaigrette. It's really fabulous and it's perfect for summer days. Nice, that's mm -hmm. pretty unique. Mm -hmm. Okay, well thank you Megan. This last interview is with Hannah Lannan of Cunlin Mountain Healing. Hannah specializes in acupuncture, Chinese medicine, and therapeutic massage. She offers the massage at the market as well. I met with Hannah in her backyard. She's a longtime Portland resident and she knows a lot about gardening and provides some insight for us about our market. We're in Hannah's garden now. You can hear the neighbors and little Juan Carlos, her chihuahua, who also frequents the market and loves a good rub. He ends up making some noise during the interview, so please just bear with us. My way in the farmer's market has as much to do with my healthcare practice as it mm -hmm. does. It has as much and not more to do with my healthcare practice as it does that I want to share. You know, I grow it because, see, a lot of gardeners and little backyard farmer gardeners like me we grow the food because my gardener my fr friend neighbor two doors down mm -hmm. same way you go look there's crop city yeah. sitting there sitting there he wants to grow it and yeah. so do i we want to grow it we want to i want to grow it and i want to tend it and i want to hang out with it and i want to see what i can grow and see what i can learn about growing and i'm like sniffing around and trying to figure it out because i don't read a book and mm -hmm. 
And uh, I want to share that because it's beautiful. And like right now, what I've been doing is I've been um, going on the next door site. And did I tell you about this? I've been posting on the next door site, and people have been coming over. And I've been pulling because I have all these native perennial uh, flowers sure. that are many of them are very gentle in that they spread like wildfire and when you tire of them if you want them gone you can pull them with one hand and they're gone they're not like no we're not leaving you know they're not like that and I know who's who so I have the neighbors come over and I give them all this perennial native stuff and when I first moved into this neighborhood the kind of gardener ladies the gardens were fantastic and then Alameda amazing and they everybody gardened their own garden and it was an amazing time in the gardens. Portland was so beautiful, and over the time of whatever treadmill we've had to sign up for, gardening has gone very diminished, and I walk because I walk a lot with Juan, and I, I see it, so I've been watching all this time. And mm. So the opportunity to give everybody the starts is I'm seeding the whole neighborhood with the perennials again. Here, Hannah talks about Woodlawn and her services as a massage therapist at the market. She's a little quiet, and at one point you can hear Juan cleaning himself, so you may have to turn up the volume and listen to the licking. I apologize. My want to read a bring a massage chair to a farmer's market is I don't want to tell people I'm there on the internet. I want to us to claim our person-to-person -person experience of life, and so my modality is mixed and strange, and the reason I'm there is because I want to take it back with everybody, you know? So that, it happened kind of over time with, you know, I had some figs and I had whatever, and there was Cully, and at the end of last season, I traded somebody for a massage chair, and I went to the Harvest Festival that Cully was a big part of, and rubbed people, and was just like, you know, I'm just gonna, I just want to come back to this way that we, are doing things and 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 as tiny as it is and as days where we sit there the love at that market is everybody feels it customers feel everybody feels it it's the sweetest experience going on I don't care what everybody else is doing anymore at their farmers market to tell you the truth yeah so that's great to hear. I mean, I think that was their mission from the beginning. It's clear. And it's clear that there is a mission. Yeah. Not all the farmers market are operating out of that kind of a mission. It's a personal, heartfelt mission these kids have. Um, you know, and it's... You guys are kids, man. Um, I don't even think they're all being put on by a bunch of kids. Yeah. Yeah. It's a... It's a this is a big heart act. I'm impressed. So last year when they first started, I was like, oh, I feel, I feel, I feel. yeah, I think I want to hmm, be a part of that. And I couldn't quite get it together. And, you know, so it's, for me, it's just a big old experiment. I talked to Hannah about her backyard garden, too. She gave me a little tour and some advice, like Grocery Outlet being a great place to get some seeds, uh, which I did not know. And maybe you can learn some things from Hannah, too. But this is an eggplant, and this is a tomato, and this is the, t the strawberry patch, or one of them. There's another strawberry patch over there, and there's a squash growing in the strawberry patch, and the, the center of the strawberry patch is going to go watermelon, because I just got some of the grocery outlet. They have the best. <laughs> and then there's the crookneck squash there, and in the back there's a trombocino. 
And see that big dark green thing? That's a horseradish. Oh, okay. Monster horseradish. If anybody needs horseradish, they can give them <laughs> horseradish. And then you can make horseradish. And then those tall guys in the back, those are Jerusalem artichokes. Mm-hmm. You know, the ones that make the food? Jerusalem artichoke, that knobby thing that it's smaller than a celery root and a little darker beige, and they come in different sh- sort of shapes and sizes. And they're a, they're a, so they're a, a rhizome, and at, they come in winter. So th- oh, this okay. makes a yellow flower, and that's why it's called sunchoke because it's in the sunflower family. And so it makes a it makes a flower at the end of summer, and you cut them down, and then in the in the dead of winter, there's food under the ground. Oh, all right. And they're delicious, and they are a source of inulin, which is a complex polysaccharide that is really good for gut flora. Okay. It's a prebiotic, right? It's a prebiotic. So the other foods that have it are okra, burdock, I think slippery elm, right? And Jerusalem artichokes make a rockin' shepherd's pie. So I give people Jerusalem artichokes to grow, too, when they come. And then pickling cucumbers which I pickled some already mm-hmm. and then the some more tomatoes there's lots of tomatoes there's like those are all tomatoes over there so the first the garden told me at the beginning of the year that it needed to be having fermentables so that's why there's lots of cabbage oh yeah and cabbage and these cabbages are trying to get started and here's my burdock I just put it in I got it at the Cully farmer's market oh nice all right yeah. and then uh Napa for kimchi and mm. for kimchi and my daikon are behind, but I have some daikon in. So you make your own kimchi? I'm going to. Yeah. I want to. You know, here's what I want to do. I've done this before. I want to have a kraut class, a couple of kraut classes. So the thing about these napas is there's enough napa to share with a couple people. Maybe. Yeah. There could be. That would be nice. I think there could be. Thanks for listening to the first episode of Market Stories. And thanks to Avery Lewis, Megan Denton, and Hannah Lannan. This podcast was hosted by me, Meg Chambers, and engineered by Margie Rudick. Remember to visit the market on Saturday mornings from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m.